From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for making Washington Watch part of your day. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition. Today, the Taliban flag flies over Kabul. There's no American military base there. There's no American embassy there. There's no hope there, especially for women and girls who are now terrorized by the Taliban. This is Joe Biden's legacy. I was oversight and accountability committee chairman James Comer earlier today on Capitol Hill. We'll get an overview of today's hearing on Afghanistan from Texas Congressman Pat Fallon. And speaking of terrorism, women and girls. Under these proposed rules, um, a uh, mediocre male athlete can simply identify as a female and go on to dominate women's sports. Simply put, I would just have to ask you to think, do you think this is fair to biological girls? Thank you, Chairman Adderhall. Uh, Our focus at the Department of Education is to provide equal access, free from discrimination, uh, to students. Ah, what political speak. That was Congressman Robert Adderholt questioning President Biden's Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, about a bill protecting women, girls in their sports, which includes in the locker room. Well, despite a pledge from the Biden White House to veto the Women's and Girls Sports Protection Act, the House is moving forward with a vote on the measure tomorrow. We're going to talk about it. And here's something you probably did not see on most of the cable news networks last night. I'm honored to join together to celebrate April as Faith Month, and I'm calling on people of faith to join in prayer and in celebration. In Congress, my colleagues and I will always fight to protect the right of all Americans to exercise their faith and maintain the freedom of religion. Several members of Congress spoke on the House floor last night about the importance of faith, many of them reading scripture as a part of the effort to mark National Faith Month. Congresswoman Mary Miller, who organized the special order, will join us in just a moment. The Supreme Court yesterday heard oral arguments in a major religious liberty case. There's no reason religious workers should receive lesser protection than those covered by other accommodation statutes. The court should establish a textual test for undue hardship and reverse the judgment below. That was Aaron Street, the attorney representing Gerald Groff, a postal worker who sued the Postal Service after being forced to choose between his Christian faith and his job. Randall Winger, a co-counsel in the case, joins us here in studio later. Disney is doubling down in their battle with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, announcing Pride Night, where Mickey and Minnie will be in rainbow costumes. But Ron DeSantis is not backing up. There's a larger principle at stake than just about, you know, this company and everything. It's it's ultimately uh, we are a government of laws, not a government of individual men or even a government of woke corporations based in California. We'll talk about it with Ken Blackwell, Senior Fellow for Human Rights and Constitutional Governance here at the Family Research Council. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 31, verses 10 and 11. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have increased in height and set its top among the thick boughs and its heart was lifted up in the heights, therefore I will deliver it into the hand of the mighty one of the nations and he shall surely deal with it. I have driven it out for its wickedness. 
The Lord here is communicating to Pharaoh that no one, no individual, no nation is beyond the arm of God's justice. It does not matter how strong your economy is or how low your unemployment might be or how powerful your military. If you lift yourself up against God, it's just a matter of time. Matthew Henry writes of this passage, The falls of others, both into sin and ruin, are intended as admonitions to us not to be secure or high-minded, nor to think we stand out of danger. End quote. Well, as Paul writes in the New Testament, take heed lest you fall. For more on our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. The U.S. House of Representatives will vote tomorrow on the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. This is legislation that's focused on fairness in sports, but with far-reaching implications for society. It'll be interesting to, uh, to see if there are any uh, Democrats in Congress who will vote to support this bill that says only biological women and girls can compete in female sports. The White House has already vowed to veto the bill if it passes the Senate, illustrating how the transgender ideology has fully captured President Biden and his party and how science, truth and common sense have become almost non-existent. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congresswoman Mary Miller. She serves on the House Committee on Agriculture, the House Committee on Education and the Workforce. She represents the 15th Congressional District of Illinois. Congresswoman Miller, welcome back to the program. It's always great to be here. And I just thank you for bringing light into the darkness. And one of the problems in our country is nature abhors a vacuum. And I think people have been passive about speaking the truth. And I just thank you for giving this platform to myself and to other uh, members of Congress to let people know what's going on here and how we're fighting back. Well, and, and right back at you, I want to thank you for having the boldness and the courage to stand up. And in a moment, I want to get to what you did on the House floor last night, which I think every Christian in America should be encouraged to know that there are men and women of deep abiding faith here in our nation's capital, and they're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to go first. Tomorrow, there will be a vote in the House on a bill that protects women and girls in sports so that they can have fair competition. But it goes beyond that to protect them in the locker rooms and every place else. Why is this legislation so necessary? Well, we're pushing back against this evil, and we're going to put the Democrats on record that they do not support protecting our daughters, that they're actually canceling girls and women. Title IX, the intent of Title IX was to give girls and women opportunities in athletics and and to get scholarships. And, um, you know, they're, this is outrageous. So, you know, I support the principle that schools should be allowed to reflect the values of the communities where they are. And now they're trying to just push this from D.C. on the entire country. They're on the wrong side of the issue, and Americans as a whole do not support this. Congresswoman, I'm going to get you to respond to the statement of administration uh, administration policy that was put out by the White House two days ago on this bill, H.R. 734. And in their statement, this is what they said. 
uh, pointing the finger at Republicans in the House. Instead of addressing the pressing issues that families and students face today, such as raising teacher pay, keeping guns out of school, addressing the mental health crisis of our youth, and helping students learn and recover academically from unprecedented disruptions. Congressional Republicans have instead chosen to prioritize policies that discriminate against children, end quote. Now, this makes me furious, but who started this whole thing? Who's the one that pushed this on our schools? Well, there are two fundamental things. They don't, number one, protect life. They're not protecting our girls. Um, Nobody wants boys and men in the locker rooms and showers with our girls. I mean, Riley Gaines, after she competed against um, Leah Thomas, said, you know, he disrobed in the bathroom and he's a complete 100% male. I mean, this is dangerous for our girls and Also, it's discounting the opportunities that Title IX gave them in athletics. And this is, it's outrageous. We're going to push back. They're on the wrong side of this issue. And I'm happy to put them on record. They can vote against women. They can vote against protecting our girls. And like I say, vote against parental rights also. Let me ask you this, Mary. If the Biden administration had not trampled upon Title IX protections for women— and had not pushed this even down into our elementary schools, Republicans in Congress would not be dealing with this, would they? And and even the fact that we have to vote on parental rights, this is where we are as a country. And I want to tell people, we cannot be passive any longer. Find your place in building the wall. Everybody has opportunities. Elections have consequences. This is a serious time. They're attacking the foundations of our country, which is faith and family. And um, in light of protecting our daughters and I mean, these are fundamental things, protecting our children. Right. I mean, I see this as someone breaking into your house and trying to grab your kids and and you take whatever you can and you start clubbing them. And and the uh, the attacker accuses you of being uh, too aggressive. Uh, well, and the, the Republicans are simply responding to what this administration has done. And it's a joke. People don't transgender. They are yeah. pretending to be the other sex. I mean, however the body is mutilated or however they decide to dress for the day, the bottom line is biologically you were born either with XX or XY chromosomes and you are not transgendering. Let's say, let's speak the truth. They are brainwashing our children, and they think if they repeat this lie long enough that the American people are going to believe it, but I, we, the American people don't believe it. I thought the Democrats were the party of science. Uh, what, what happened there? All right, I want to I go to something very positive here. Last night, you led a number of your colleagues to go to the House floor in a special order to talk about faith. It's National Faith Month, and, uh, you know, it was people need to know that there are men and women who feel called by God. You're one of them to this city to stand for truth. And yesterday on the House floor, yesterday evening, many quoted scripture, talked about the need for God. Uh, tell us about what took place and, and the fact that this is prevalent among many of your colleagues. Absolutely. I love to go back to my district and give people the good news that there are a lot of believers in Congress, elected to Congress, 
And we joined together for, mul there's multiple opportunities for prayer meetings for our country and Bible studies before our days begin. They start usually at seven in the morning. So the congressman or woman is, you know, sacrificing to get up early and go there because it means so much to them. And, you know, if we want to see our country flourish, we need to uphold the foundations of faith and family. And it's a privilege to um, host this special order on faith. April is um, Celebrate Faith Month. And our First Amendment right to exercise our faith, I was joined by multiple members who talked about the importance about how our, uh, our government was founded on these principles. And Bob Good even gave us personal testimony of coming to faith in Christ. It was a great evening. It really was. And I want to thank you for uh, leading out on this. And I want to thank you for being bold in your faith and giving so many others courage to do the same. Thank you for having me. All right. Congresswoman Mary Miller of Illinois. And by the way, I was up uh, having dinner last night with a member of Congress and prayed with them. Uh, and, and they were they wanted prayer. In fact, this is a reminder of why we need to pray. We have brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ who are serving here in our nation's capital. I talk with them every day. You hear them on this program every day. And it's a reminder to be praying for them, to uphold them, to encourage them, and, and to, to hold up their arms in this battle for truth. Because the media is not going to do it. It's not going to happen. In this, it's not going to happen by the lobbyists in this city. It's going to happen because of men and women of faith all across this country. So there's reason to be encouraged. There's reason to pray. There's a reason to vote and stand for truth. All right, coming up, another congressional hearing on the Biden administration's Afghanistan withdrawal fiasco. This time from the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. We're going to be joined by one of those members, Pat Fallon, in just a moment. So stay tuned. Also. You can sign the petition supporting women's sports. Text sports to 67742. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. 
Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org slash worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. This is Washington Watch, and I'm Tony Perkins. Thanks for joining us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, yesterday... I discussed the House Homeland Security Committee's hearing on Biden's uh, botched Afghanistan withdrawal. Well, today, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, the entire committee, held their own hearing to get to the bottom of the fiasco that cost 13 service members their lives while damaging U.S. credibility globally. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Pat Fallon. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability and on the House Armed Services Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Fallon, welcome back to the program. Tony, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, um, let's talk about today's hearing. What were some of the takeaways? Any surprises today? I really was a little bit surprised, Tony, at the forthcoming nature of the inspector general in so much as them saying that the Biden administration absolutely dragged their feet and did not cooperate with their own investigation of what happened during the disastrous Afghani withdrawal. Now, that's not a surprise that they would do that. It was a bit of a surprise to me that the AG came out so forcefully and called out the administration, because all Joe Biden has ever wanted to do, as you know, is blame President Trump. Right. So, I mean, the evidence is very clear. This administration, this was theirs. They own this. They made the decisions. This president made the decisions. I mean— How long are they going to deny responsibility? You know, Tony, let's be honest. If you're going to withdraw from any country, it's never going to be smooth, but it doesn't need to be a debacle either. And the fact of the matter is Joe Biden made some critical errors. So let's go through them very quickly. One, he drew an arbitrary, uh, a very arbitrary line in the sand or a red line. And he did it to himself by saying that we would be out by September 11th of 2021. That made no sense for a few reasons. One, you need to you know, give yourself some flexibility. But two, this was right in the middle of fighting season. In Afghanistan, because of the rough terrain and the weather, they generally fight from about April to October. And then they go home and they wait until the winter uh, you know, passes. And then they continue to fight again, at least in large scale um, uh, measure. Well, Joe Biden knew that. He withdrew in the middle of fighting season. He redlined himself. But then when he asked his military commanders, 
should I go from the 2,500 troop level that we have now down to 650, which the State Department wants me to do? He listened to the State Department and not the military. And what ended up happening was the military said, we can't hold Bagram and Kabul with 650 troops. So we left Bagram and there were 5,000 bad guys there. They all escaped because the Afghani troops couldn't uh, corral them. And one of them became a suicide bomber that murdered 13 of our service members. Right. So bottom line on this topic, uh, Congressman, American people are saying, OK, we, we know this administration is inept. Their withdrawal from Afghanistan was political. It was not uh, tactical in terms of withdrawal. It was a mistake. What's the bottom line to take away? What do we learn from this and what do we do with it? We learn that you don't elect amateurs. We learn that you listen to professionals and experts and you don't withdraw. When you do withdraw from a country, you don't withdraw the military first. You withdraw them last. Now, this seems to be like very basic common sense. But clearly, the Biden administration and all his the people, his the woke crowd that he surrounds himself with did uh, the exact opposite of everything they should have done over the last six months when we pulled out. And remember, President Trump's withdrawal was conditions based. And, And Joe Biden just said, we're getting out of there. By September 11th. So, so really, the, the responsibility ultimately is going to rely upon the voters to select people who know what they're doing and hold yes. those who don't accountable for what they did. All right, I want to switch topics here before we run out of time. A Senate report released this week concludes that COVID-19, the pandemic, most likely originated as a result of two separate leaks from Chinese labs. Your thoughts? Well, <laughs> when this first happened, most people said, hmm, where does the Chinese government do most of this research with uh, coronaviruses? Oh, they do it in Wuhan. And it just happened to start in Wuhan. So the lab leak theory had a lot of credibility with anybody that wanted to have their trillions of brain cells between their ears, you know, fire synapses to one another. That's first thing. But secondly, look at the actions of the Chinese Communist Party after the uh, coronavirus got out. They didn't welcome the international community in and say, hey, we don't know what this is. Please help us. If it was from a wet market, they wouldn't have had no idea what it was. And they would have said they'd had no reason to hide anything, much like South Africa did when the Delta variant hit. They didn't know what it was and they asked for international help. The Chinese did the exact opposite. So and now it's the the, the our own FBI has finally come to terms with the fact that it's most likely that it leaked from a lab. Well, welcome to the party. We could have told you that a couple of years ago. Yeah, of course. And you had social media working in concert with uh, uh, Dr. Fauci to silence those who were raising this. Uh, they were the ones that were called uh, putting out uh, false information, misinformation. Uh, confirm this for me if you can. I'm, I'm hearing that Chinese diplomats here in our nation's capital have been seeking to put pressure to intimidate House Republicans who are conducting these investigations, trying to keep this under wraps. Is that true? Got the proof right here, Tony. This is a letter that the Chinese embassy sent requesting that we do not hold hearings on the origins of COVID. If you have nothing to hide, why would you go to these great diplomatic lengths? This just smacks. You know what this smells like? They're hiding something. It's amazing to me. This is the United States of America. I just talked about yesterday about how the Chinese had an outpost for their police department in New York City. And now they're trying to strong arm Republicans into being a part of the same thing that the WHO did, covered up their killing of essentially 6.8 million people worldwide. Tony, we know two things about communists. They're bullies and they lie. 
They lie like they breathe. So it's no surprise. And I do remember it. I hope the American people don't forget, like organizations like CNN were basically like an arm of the Chinese Communist Party. They would report whatever China said, even if it was incredibly outrageous. Like at one point, China said that they had no new cases of coronavirus in their entire country. This was when Corona, the virus was raging across the world. That clearly wasn't true. It was a lie that their Navy was, when we had our ship that had about 50 coronavirus cases on an aircraft carrier, China claimed their Navy didn't have any cases of COVID. And CNN reported it like that. That is ridiculous. You're absolutely right. It is, it's, it's, it's beyond ridiculous. It's, it's treasonous, I think. Yeah. Congressman Pat Fallon, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today and keep standing strong. Thanks, Tony. God bless you. All right. Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas. You should be encouraged to know that we do have men and women who are fighting. But ultimately, you've got one element up there fighting. The Republicans exposing all of this. But it's so you know what's going on. But you've got to do something with it. You've got to vote. You've got to pray first. You've got to vote and you've got to stand. And uh, this sports bill's up tomorrow, so be sure and sign that petition. Text SPORTS to 67742. All right, stick around. We're coming back with more Washington Watch on the other side of this break. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday. Yesterday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments for a religious liberty case with major implications uh, going forward. The case involves a mail carrier, Gerald Groff, with over a decade of experience delivering, you know, as a mail carrier would, through rain, sleet, or snow. Initially, he sought a career with the Postal Service 
specifically because the job would allow him to honor the Sabbath. But while the Postal Service had a long-standing no-mail-on-Sunday policy, that went out the door around a decade ago, partially due to demands from Amazon. Though Groff was able, uh, often able to trade Sunday shifts with other employees, the Postal Service refused to provide him with religious accommodations and eventually booted him out. Well, join me now to share about this case, which uh, the oral arguments were before the course yesterday, is Randall Wenger. He is the chief counsel of the Independent Independence Law Center. He was uh, Groff's first attorney and was present inside the Supreme Court during the arguments yesterday. Uh, Randall, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you're uh, very accustomed to arguing these First Amendment religious freedom cases. What did I miss in setting this up? What, what, what other substantial facts do we need to know about the case of Groff? Well, I, I think understanding Groff himself a little bit, um, at first they gave him an accommodation. Before they refused to give him an accommodation, they, they allowed him to have off on Sundays. And in the compromise was he was working everybody else's vacations. He was working Saturdays. He was working every holiday. He sometimes was working more than one shift a day. And, and it worked out. So, Just so he could have off on Sabbath. So that he could G- give have us off a little bit Sabbath. of his faith background. So we know this is a guy who was just, you know, had a little chip on his shoulder and wanted to, to argue he was being his faith was being violated. Sure, this this is a guy who grew up Mennonite in Lancaster County, as did I, and it, this is something that has always been part of his faith. And so, so he specifically sought a job with the Postal Service because they don't work on Sundays. Yeah, he came back from the mission field and he was looking for for a job where he could honor his faith. And at that point, Chick-fil-A was wasn't up there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was a absolutely perfect job for him. And he was willing to accommodate the the post office, but the post office wasn't willing to. But they did him. at first. They did. They did. And, and what's interesting about that, it worked because as long as they were scheduling somebody else to be there, everything worked like clockwork. And you would expect that to happen when you're an employer the size of the post office. So we shouldn't be thinking, hey, how does this affect a mom and pop right, right. with 10 employees? This is the United States Post Office. So, so what happened? Well, he, uh, he ended up taking, taking matters into his own hand after they said no. He, he shifted post offices to a very small branch office that wasn't delivering Amazon. He got, he got himself another year out of that, but he needed to give up something to do that. He gave up his seniority. He was so close to having the seniority to get a different position, a position that never works Sundays. But the way that, and you know this, the way that religious conscience works, you can't right. just yeah. follow your conscience sometimes It's not something you negotiate away. Right. So he was, he was willing to do the hard thing himself and, and basically set his career back so that he could follow, follow his faith. And again, the post office accommodated him until they didn't. And eventually it came to a point where he was he was about to be terminated and he he left the post office looking for a new job. Randall, I mean, I think this this has far reaching implications for religious freedom in this country, because you should not have to check your faith at the door of in this. This is a quasi government agency. You're working for the government. You should not have to check your face at faith at the door. Well, that that's absolutely right, and and we've known this for a long, long time in this country, which is why the Civil Rights Act, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which deals with employment, said 
we need to figure out ways to accommodate religious employees. And one of the things they were trying to accommodate specifically was Sabbath observance right. for those who observed a Saturday Sabbath. That's been the history. Yes. That's changed. Why? I, I think there's a callousness to religious faith as time goes on. And, and what's interesting to me, having, having done these kinds of cases before, I once represented an Orthodox Jewish police officer who wanted off from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And in that case, the, the police department was saying, yeah, we don't care that he's willing to work Sundays. We need him to work Saturdays because everybody wants to have off on Saturdays. And, and what, what I make out of that is if, if there's a callousness to religion, you're just looking for any excuse right. to not have right. to accommodate. But as Americans, we accommodate all kinds of things. Right. Why can't we accommodate the most important thing to us, which is our religious faith? Very quickly, uh, about, about 30 seconds left, um, how'd the court arguments go, do you think? We're very encouraged by the arguments, and the further into the arguments we got, the more empty the government's argument was becoming. So it looks like there's a majority of the court that is willing to breathe some life back into the Civil Rights Act so that religious employees can be protected in the workplace. Will a decision go beyond your client's case? Absolutely, because what we're, what we're looking to do is to correct a 45-year-old decision where what, what employers are supposed to do is reasonably accommodate unless there's an undue hardship, but that decision said reasonably accommodate unless there's more than the slightest level of difficulty. Ten seconds. When do you expect a decision? Late June. All right. Very good. Randall, thanks for joining us, and, and thanks for fighting for religious freedom. Well, and thank you. And folks, be praying for this case. Pray for the, uh, the, the justice, because if it's routine as normal, they'll probably be uh, conferencing on that, this case later this week, discussing it, and their decisions will be made very soon. So be praying that they would make the right decision. All right, coming up next, Disney is doubling down in their battle with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but... He's not backing up. We're going to talk about how Republicans are going toe-to-toe with woke corporate America. Ken Blackwell joins me next. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. 
Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. This is Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday afternoon. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And if you've not yet signed, and we've had uh, several thousand, I don't know, I think we're up to about 30,000 folks that have signed the petition encouraging the House Speaker and the Republicans to stand firm on women's sports. Now, for those of you who listen to this program a lot, you know I'm not a big sports person. Don't track it much. But this is more than sports. This is really the tip of the spear. And since people are realizing, you know, this is, it's so clear. I mean, when you've got biological men competing in women's sports, you talk about fairness, that's out the window. You, you talk about science, it's out the window. And so people are taking a stand. And there's pushback all across the country. Join in. Let your voice be heard. So text the word sports to 67742. That's sports to 67742. You'll get a link. You can sign the petition. But also, talk about this. Do not be afraid to talk about what everybody knows to be true. Men should not be in women's locker rooms. They should not be in their restrooms. And they should not be in their sports. All right. Enough of the nonsense. And, and again, you know, the statement of administration policy, and I, I was talking about this at the top of the show with Mary Miller, how the White House is trying to spin this as if the Republicans are the, one that's, the ones that picked this fight. They didn't pick this fight. I mean, they got—the Biden administration is pushing this agenda on America, and so Republicans are pushing back, defending children and families, and they accuse Republicans of being the aggressor. That's hogwash. This administration is filled with deception and deceit. And we need to be praying. And I I pray this every morning. I I do pray for the president, but I also pray that they would be exposed, that the deception, the deceit, the lies, the evil would be exposed. 
I don't care what side it's on. We need this to be exposed. Well, okay, I feel better. All right, moving on. It, it, it might take more than a little fairy dust for Disney to wish away the bruises from its latest round against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. As uh, Governor DeSantis continues his efforts to unravel the sweetheart land deal that Disney has enjoyed for more than 50 years in the Sunshine State. You know, um, in fact, I, I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, I did meet with uh, Governor DeSantis, talked with a number of his policy issues. I think he's done. He's been right on. And, and I will tell you, I'm, I'm very encouraged by him going toe to toe with Disney and woke corporate America. Well, it doesn't appear that uh, Mickey and company got the message because they announced last night that Disneyland, and of course this one in California, will host a special pride event in June officially called, and I'm not making this up, Disney After Dark Pride Night. But this comes as Disney stock continues to crater, and they're about to uh, fire 4,000 employees and slash spending by over $5 million. What's wrong with corporate America? Join me now to discuss this and much more. Ken Blackwell, Senior Fellow for Human Rights and Constitutional Governance here at the Family Research Council, former mayor of the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, and Secretary of State for the Buckeye State. Ken Blackwell, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. Always good to be with you. Good to see you from the Queen City. Absolutely. So Ron DeSantis is, uh, I mean, he's taken on Disney. And even, you know, President Trump, uh, former President Trump making comments, oh, he shouldn't have picked that fight. Uh, Ron DeSantis is picking this fight. He, he didn't pick the fight. You know, he passed a bill about parental rights and education. Disney stuck its nose in, started uh, mousing around with it. He pushed back and he's not let go. That's something we've not seen very much in Republican politics. No. And, you know, as I always say, Tony, uh, the great uh, abolitionist Frederick Douglass was fond of saying those who are whooped easiest are whooped most often. And that's why uh, Republicans are always getting whooped. And, and, and so this pushback yes. uh, by, by the governor is, is, is very important because as, as devastating as the activity of big government, uh, big business is also mobilizing into being a force that to, will that will try to change the culture, and, right. and, and that's something that we have to resist. Let's talk about that because you were the mayor of Cincinnati. I was born outside of Cincinnati. First twelve years of my life, I was there in Cincinnati. A lot of my family worked at Procter and Gamble. You had a lot of the big corporations there. This is relatively new. They were not pushing this anti-family woke agenda 25, 30 years ago. Absolutely not. And what's so fascinating about this is that they are now being responsive to those who are the loudest, not those who are the greatest in number, but those who are the loudest. And, right. and, and that's, that's disquieting and, and disconcerting. But it doesn't even make economic sense. I mean, as I was just talking about, Disney's lost money since they got into this fight. And then, you know, I'm not going to ask you what brand beer you drink. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I'm just joking. Oh. Uh, the, Bud Light losing over $6 billion in market capitalization by 
putting uh, Dylan Mulvaney, a transgender, <laughs> a, a, a man masquerading as a woman, on the beer can. Well, absolutely. And I think what, 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 what's happened with Anheuser-Busch, what's happening with Disney, is that they decided, oh, if we back down uh, to uh, logic uh, and what is right, uh, then we're going to lose those on the left. So both Anheuser-Busch and, but why, and Disney are double, doubling down. But why down. wade into it? Why it's, not just—why not—if you, if you make beer, make beer. If you entertain <laughs> families, entertain families. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, again, what is uh, disquieting about this activism by big corporations uh, who are actually trying to change— our society and and and, and but, and our but then they then they start complaining when when stockholders shareholders start pushing back. It's very similar to what I was just talking about with with President Biden in the White House. And I'm going to read this again because it it, it is indicative of the left. So he says he's going to veto the women's sports protection bill after he pushed and changed Title IX and pushed this transgender agenda on schools. And he said, instead of addressing the pressing issues that families and students face today, such as rising teacher pay, keeping guns out of schools, addressing the mental health crisis of our, that our youth faith, face, uh, Republicans have instead chosen to prioritize prioritize policies that discriminate against children. They're simply standing against what this administration is doing. Corporate America getting upset. Uh, you were you actually sent me an article earlier today. Uh, corporate America getting upset because parents, concerned citizens, showing up at their shareholder <laughs> meetings. Oh, the shareholder activism is going to be something that they're going to be faced with for a long time. They have awakened uh, a, a a sleeping giant, uh, and and so you know we used to talk about the moral majority. We talked about being you know, quiet and and unassuming. Well, they've kicked sand in yeah. our face for too long, and we're starting to we're starting to speak out. But you know, what what what's happening now? As we see pushback against big government tyranny, there is a real resistance and pushback against big business tyranny. And, and I'm cheering it on. Uh, you know, when I was in, and I'm sure it was the same for you when you were in elected office. Um, I've been out 20, almost 20 years I've been out of uh, public office, but I was one of the highest rated legislators when it came to business because what they wanted was a favorable business environment so they could do business, not meddle in the policies that affect our children and our families. They just wanted to do business, but that's changed. Yeah, and, you know, for for so long, too many of us have been— uh, on the sidelines, uh, and we've 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 watched uh, this the, the big business, whether it's represented in the Biden administration, and now this big business activism to try to change and force force uh, right. cultural change on the on the on the populace. Well, you know what we know, and what you've always said uh, here at the Family Research Council is that history is not cha- uh, not. Uh, changed and advanced by, you know, this blind chance. Right. It is advanced by men and women of dedication we're, and purpose. And we're using the God-given right. agency to change the course of history and to push back against this this tyranny. Our republic was not made for spectators. 
No. Only for participants, and we've got to be involved. And now I, I'm going to ask you about this uh, shareholder activism, how that works. But there, there's other ways. For instance, I try to avoid shopping with those who use the profits that I give them against me. You know, I, I try to avoid the Walmarts. I, I, I shop at a local grocery store that is owned by a family in my community. And, uh, and I, I shop there. I, I, pay, I pay a little bit more, but I, I, I'm investing in the community. And so I try to avoid, and I, I always talk about this in the program, I try to avoid anything that was made in China, mm-hmm. uh, which is almost all of Walmart's products. So I think we've got to be responsible uh, consumers because that sends a message. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I, I don't drink. I wish I drank beer at this point because I would boycott uh, beer, but I don't drink. So I'm encouraged to see the fact that people are saying, I don't want Bud Light. Get it out of here. That's how we send messages. Absolutely. And the, the creativity uh, in small businesses and, and enterprise uh, and entrepreneurs they created an alternative. There's an alternative to Bud Light. So we, you don't have to spend your time campaigning against Bud Light. Don't buy right, it. Exactly. You know, there, there are alternatives in the market. And so you're, you're actually using the market to, in fact, send a message you're to Bud right. Light so and, and House of Bush. We've got a few minutes left. Talk a little bit about this corporate activism, I mean, the uh, shareholder activism, how that works. Well, there's just folks who are now going to shareholder meetings. You know, a lot of us have. So if you shares, own stock. That's right. If you, you own stock. And, and the reality is, is that a lot of pension funds, you know, for, for uh, businesses and, and state and city governments, they, in fact, invest in the marketplace and they your, 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 your retirement is, in fact, made up of these right. stocks. And so you have shares right. and you can go into these meetings and you can speak up. But much too uh, <clears throat> often. You know, it's only been the radicals on the left that have, in fact, been at these shareholders meetings and 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 and, and spoken uh, to the leaders of these businesses and these corporations. They're now starting to hear that we have great numbers, uh, and we in fact have great voices, and we're starting to sp- speak back to them because they have they've worked overtime to make sure that folks who represent us are not represented on their corporate boards. Yeah, you know. So, Ken, do you think that corporate America is going to get the message? Will they do a course correction? I think they will. And that's because we're not going to go away. Uh, this is not a flash in the pan. Uh, this is starting. If you start to look at the corporations I mean, that, that have been targeted uh, by this new coalition of forces that are giving voice uh, to, to decency and, 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 and to traditional values— uh, if they want to stay in business, uh, if they want to prosper, if they don't want to see their stocks take a nose dive, they'll start to listen. Yeah, if I were in business, given the divided nature of our country and our culture, I mean, look, there's no denying we're ideologically divi- divided as as a country, more so than probably almost any time in our nation's history. If you're going to do business and provide a product, provide the product to do business, stay out of the issues. And that's what we're not looking for business to weigh in with our conservative values. We're just looking for them to, to stay out. And, and you know, I, I, I hope 
the NBA and the, right. the NFL and, 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 and these folks get play the message games. also. I mean, you know, just right. play sports. Quit taking uh, political stands, kneeling when the anthem is played. And, and I think that everything has become political. But then, again, I go back to, uh, you know, what the left says. When we, when we push back on what they have done in changing the culture, we're the ones accused <laughs> of being the aggressors. So call us the aggressor, call us whatever you want to call us, but we're, as you said, we're not going away. We're going to continue to stand for those traditional values that made America an exceptional nation. And that means, number one, we are a people of faith, and we're going to practice our faith, and we're going to do it publicly, and we're not going to apologize for it. And we're going to protect our freedoms, because we know that, you know, our freedom is not a grant from government. It's a gift from God, and we're going to defend it. And that comes from a uh, longtime NRA member. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ken Blackwell, always great to see you. Always good to be with you, Tony. Thanks so much for coming in. God bless you. All right, Ken Blackwell, senior fellow here at the Family Research Council. All right, I want to again encourage you before we go, make sure you sign that petition supporting women's sports. This message is going to be taken uh, probably later today. Uh, or first thing in the morning to the House Speaker and uh, the Republicans encouraging them to continue their stand in defense of women's sports. All right, folks, and you do that by texting sports to 67742, sports to 67742. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.